0: Welcome to the School of Wellbeing podcast. I am your host, Meg Durham, wellbeing speaker, educator and coach. Together, we're going to explore lessons to help us live well. Let the learning begin. Welcome back to the School of Wellbeing podcast. I am so excited that you're here. Today, I will be mixing things up and bringing you a solo episode. In this episode, I am going to be talking directly to you, big hearted humans that are ready for more, that are ready for more energy, clarity, and confidence. It is so wonderful to listen to conversations with other people, with other experts. I have learned so much from this series so far. And yet, if we're constantly listening, constantly taking in inf- new information, Sometimes we don't actually apply anything in our lives. We don't make any actual change. We're just learning a lot but not applying very much. So this solo episode is designed to inspire and empower you to make some changes, to move beyond intention and move into action. This is what the podcast is all about to have an impact in the way that people feel, function and relate. Because I believe that when one individual makes behaviour change, it creates a ripple effect within their homes, schools and the wider community. So this is my opportunity to speak directly to you and help you to take the next best step. In this solo episode, I will be discussing how a dynamic of comfort and challenge can lead to growth, The foundations of energy management, the five patterns of behavior that subtly drain our energy, how to create more headspace when life feels out of control, why reflection is a crucial part of the growth process, and so much more. I hope you enjoy this solo episode. If it's to be, it's up to me. This is a quote that will hold us during this conversation. This conversation has been designed to encourage you and inspire you to move forward, to take the next step in your wellbeing journey. Because at the end of the day, good intentions are simply not enough. We have to take courageous action. We have to do things differently in order to feel, function and relate better. As a well-being coach, educator and speaker, I am constantly dancing the line between comfort and challenge to provide you with comfort that you are not alone, that you are human and you are doing the best you can with what you've got. And I am here to challenge you. To empower you to take the next best step. You know, it's about trying to challenge you at a rate that you can tolerate, a rate that you can really take on and move forward. Because if I provided too much comfort, the risk is you won't want to move forward. You think, "Mm, this is okay, I'll just stay here, status quo. And if I challenge you too quickly, too hard, too often, The chances are you're not going to change either. You're probably going to double down on your unhelpful strategies. So this is a dance that I'm constantly dancing. So I hope that in this conversation, I provide you with comfort. Yes, we are all human, doing the very best we can. And there are things that we can do differently. That will make a difference to the way that we feel, function and relate. So let's talk about one of my favourite topics, energy management. Energy management is so important because it's foundational to the way that we show up. When we've got energy, life feels easier. When there are struggles, we find different solutions. We've got the energy to problem solve. We've got the energy to be in relationship with other people, to reach out for help, to ask for advice, to really be out in the world. And when we're exhausted and depleted, life feels hard. It is hard to make a decision. The idea of making a decision is completely overwhelming. It is hard to be in relationship with other people because other people just feel like hard work. Our patience can be really worn thin when we're exhausted. So this conversation is inspiring you to take care of your energy. To recharge your battery so you can think, feel, and act with more clarity and more confidence. Now I live in the real world. I work in schools, I've got two young children, I'm running a business. So I know that every day is different. And that is why we need to have a design approach to our well-being, a design approach to our energy management. Because we if we leave it up to default. It is not going to happen. Good intentions are simply not enough, particularly in the world that we live in now. We need to have strategy. We need skills and we need to make it happen. So how is your energy today? As you're listening to this, do you have enough energy to get through the rest of the day? Or are you just limping, barely getting through? When you think about the term, do you start with energy and then slowly fall apart? Are you in that cycle of boom and bust? Or have you learned strategies to be sustainable in your energy, to be able to work through the busy periods and still have some gas left in the tank? Because that is my hope. My hope for school communities and the wider community is for people to have energy, to have something left over at the end of the day. Because what I know working with big-hearted people is they give so much of themselves, their hearts, their minds, their souls to everybody else, to everybody else's needs, what the school needs, what students need, what colleagues need, what parents need, and very often they forget to even consider themselves. So you have my permission to start considering your needs, to start considering your energy. So let's check in with your energy. How charged are you today? The way that we find this out is with five simple questions. And these five simple questions I have asked to prep students, to parent groups, teacher groups, community groups, and it's all the same because we're all human And we all have these needs that we need to meet every 24 hours to charge our battery. The reason I came up with this battery analogy is because I was working in secondary schools and I wanted to have a quick way to check in with how the students were, how charged they were, because we know that when we're charged, we're in a better headspace to learn to recall information and really take it on. However, when we're depleted and exhausted, it's really hard to take in new information. So how charged do you? These are the five questions you need to answer. Number one, in the last 24 hours, have you had enough sleep for your body? Number two, in the last 24 hours, have you moved your body? Number three, in the last 24 hours, have you nourished your body? Number four, in the last 24 hours, have you had some rest? Some unproductive downtime. In the last 24 hours, have you had some quality connection? So how charged is your battery out of five? And I ask this question all the time. And guess what the average answer is? Two. Most people will say their batteries at a two. At a push, a three. So think about it for you. In the last 24 hours, how charged is your battery? In the last week, how charged has your battery been? In the last month, on average, how charged is your battery? And in the last year, on average, how charged is your battery? And you'll start to notice patterns that generally the way that you're showing up is generally how you have been showing up for the last few weeks and months and potentially years. I remember presenting this to a group of staff and a teacher said to me, Meg, I've just realised that I have been exhausted for a decade. I have been running on empty for a decade and I've had enough. I am ready to recharge my battery. So think about it. Let's get back to basics. Let's think about your sleep. When it comes to your sleep, how do you design how do you design your life to experience quality restful sleep? Think about how much effort we go to with children when they're learning to sleep, how predictable the routine is and how much rhythm there is in the routine. Are you giving yourself the same opportunity to sleep really well? Sleep is absolutely foundational. We all know what it's like when we've had a night that is completely disrupted and we wake up exhausted. It is hard to be in the world. So take a moment to think about the choices you are making when it comes to your sleep. The next area is movement. Movement is so important. We are designed to move, to be out in the world, to be engaging with the world, out in the natural world. So thinking about the movement, are you moving regularly? Are you giving your, opp- your body the opportunity to be out in the world and experiencing that absolute cocktail of feel-good hormone neurotransmitter? There's so much happening when we're out moving. And when it comes to movement, it doesn't have to be an Instagrammable movement. It could simply be a walk, stretch, just moving your body in a way that feels good for you. You know, I really worry that movement has become so performative that people are losing the benefits of just getting out, just getting out for a walk. Working with teachers throughout the pandemic, the number one coping strategy that they shared with me was walking, going for a walk. So thinking about it, are you moving your body? And number three is nutrition. How are you nourishing your body? Are you getting in the basics, vegetables, fruits, proteins? I I heard someone say, I just eat real food. Are you just eating real food? And a little add-on here is hydration. How well are you hydrating yourself? When it comes to hydration, we need 500 mils of water per 15 kilos of body weight. So taking a moment to think about, are you nourishing your body and are you hydrating your body? The fourth one is rest. Are you giving yourself permission to rest? It is not lazy to rest. It is smart to rest, to allow yourself And your body, time to recover, to recharge, to reconcile all of the changes that it's been experiencing. And finally, quality connection. Are you designing your life to engage in quality connection? Or have you got into that pattern of just logistics? Every time you meet, it is just about logistics. It's about what's happening, what's coming up next, instead of taking a moment to be present to touch base with people and to ask the question, how are you? Really, how are you going? What's going well? What are you looking forward to? And inviting micro moments of quality connection. Because when we're busy, these five things can be the first things to go. And I invite you to think about it. When it comes to your battery and you get busy, what's the first thing to go in your life? I know for me, rest is the first thing to go. And then it will be nutritious food. And then it will be quality connection. Then it will be movement. And then it will be sleep. And I have learned that I can get away with not meeting these basic needs for about 48 hours. And in that 48 hours, I can feel up and about, and excited and feel like, oh, I'm feeling like Superwoman. I'm onto it. I'm absolutely nailing it. And then I will crash and burn. So taking a moment to think about when you get busy, what goes first? And how can you start to use that as a cue to think, right, my food's really starting to slip. How can I meet that need and be realistic? Realistic. If it's a really busy time, you've got lots happening, there's reports due, you can say to yourself, wow, this is a really, really busy week. It's going to be really hard for me to prepare healthy meals. So what can I do? How can I try and get nutrition in and hydration in considering my reality this week? Because so often we don't ask these realistic questions and then we're just reaching for sugar. We're just reaching for things that prop us up. So an analogy that I like to use when it comes to food is often we're reaching for kindling. So that sugar that's going to give us that burst, that little bit of flame. And we need to start reaching for logs to put on the fire that give us energy over a sustained period of time, not constantly that kindling that's giving us that spark. So this is your battery. Team, and you are on my team. Anyone that I work with automatically comes onto my team. Anyone who listens to my work, listens to this podcast, watches me on Instagram, sees me on LinkedIn, you are on my team, and team, your battery is crucial. If it's to be, it's up to me. Nobody can put you to bed, make you move, Make you eat, make you rest, make you talk with other people. It is up to you. How can you charge your battery considering your reality? I don't want to be Mary Poppins about all of this or Pollyanna because I know our lives are busy. So, what are you doing to charge your battery? How can you support yourselves to get a little bit more sleep, to move your body? to nourish and hydrate your body, to invite some pockets of rest. Even when work is still going, you can rest and quality connection because our battery really makes a difference. Once we start to charge our battery, the lights start to come on. And once the lights start to come on, we can start to notice some patterns And noticing patterns is the next stage of leading ourselves to experience more energy. So the first step is the battery. Charge your battery and turn the lights on. The second step is start to notice your patterns. Start to notice your predictable ways of functioning in the world. So over the last 10 years of working in wellbeing education, I have noticed five predictable patterns that keep us big-hearted humans back. They're subtle ways that drain our energy. So the battery is quite obvious. If you're not sleeping well, if you're not moving, if you're not eating well, not resting, not connecting, you're going to feel pretty rubbish. That's pretty obvious. What I'm going to share with you now is some subtle ways that we are draining our battery. And the only way that we can start to notice this is if we've charged our battery. So listening to these five ways, I encourage you to think about which pattern are you engaging with and how is that impacting your energy? So let's begin. Number one, are you in the habit of Perfecting. Would you call yourself a perfectionist? Someone that crosses the T's and dots the I's. So you're you may be someone that when someone else helps, you always have to just fix it up a little bit. Just tidy it up. Thanks for helping, but I just got to do it my way. So you may have these unrealistic expectations that things should be perfect, they should be done. And I am here to tell you. Or challenge you just gently that perfectionism is a myth. It keeps us stuck and it drains our battery. It drains our energy because we're constantly thinking behind the perfectionism, what will other people think? What are other people thinking? If people knew that I wasn't perfect, would I still be okay or will they reject me? I need to be seen as on top of it. Being on top of it is the only way that I can show up in the world. We can get quite rigid about right and wrong. You know, this idea of good enough is never enough. It has to be perfect. And this pattern of behaviour is so helpful in certain areas of our life. It's really helpful if you're creating a document that's going to the board, you want to cross your T's and dot your I's. If you're editing a really important document, absolutely go for it. However, are there times that you're perfecting a document or perfecting an email and it's holding you back? It's taking away your time, your energy and your attention from other areas of your life that could do with some time, focus and attention perfecting is a very subtle pattern of behaviour that can drain our energy. So you could have the most charged battery in the world, but if you're constantly draining it through perfectionism, that is going to be hard to balance. And when we're in this state of I have to be perfect, that creates a lot of anxiety because we're really fearful about the future. We're fearful of what people will think of us. What happens if I don't do this perfectly? And that is exhausting. So that is the first pattern of behaviour that can subtly drain our energy. Do you recognise yourself as a perfectionist or getting into this habit at times? Number two, the second subtle pattern of behaviour is pleasing. Would you identify yourself as a pleaser, a people pleaser? You're in the habit and the pattern of saying yes when you really mean no. You say yes to avoid the discomfort in the moment of letting someone down. The idea of disappointing someone makes you feel ill. The idea of not agreeing with someone else makes you feel ill. The idea of conflict, oh, got to run the other way because you're going to be sick. So are you in this habit of pleasing? The way that this subtly drains our energy is because we end up taking on way too much. We're taking on things we don't want to do because we have said yes when we mean no to avoid the discomfort. However, the challenge here is the discomfort will come, it's just later. And it will generally present in this idea of resentment because you're thinking, why am I doing all this stuff? Why did they ask me to do this? I can't believe they asked me to do it. And yet you said yes. You put your hand up because you're desperately trying to please, pleased for other people's approval, to feel like you're the good teacher, the good mum, the good whoever, because this is what's keeping us stuck and draining our battery. Do you identify as a people pleaser and potentially is this subtly draining your battery? Take a moment to think about all the things that you're doing to please others because generally they're not going to be pleasing you. It is so interesting. The people that I work with would bend over backwards for anybody in their life. They would literally walk over water for others And yet when it comes to themselves, taking a moment to themselves to consider how they're feeling about the situation, feel extremely uncomfortable. So is pleasing a pattern that you have got into? The third pattern of behaviour that can subtly drain our batteries is pretending. So think of the analogy of the swan on the water. On top, no problem here. All's fine, everything's going really well, and underneath, absolutely falling apart, disintegrating with just how much pressure the nervous system is under. So, are you in a pattern of pretending? You know, pretending to be something that we're not is exhausting. Trying to keep up a show is really, really tiring. So take a moment to think about are there areas in your life that you're pretending? And don't get me wrong, we need pretending at times. We need to show that we're on top of it, that we can lead other people. If you have got really nervous students about to do a test or they've got needles coming up or whatever's going on, you want to be that person that can say, yes, this is hard and we're going to keep moving forward. We're going to keep moving. And that is completely helpful and adaptive. What I'm talking about here is if we've got into a pattern of pretending when things aren't going so well all the time, because this can lead to disconnection, the disconnection of ourselves from how we're really functioning and feeling. Because the outside, everything looks great. Inside, it's all uncomfortable, but we don't want to deal with that. And that also leads to troubles in our relationships, troubles with our connections, because other people think, oh, they're on top of it. They're not complaining. All good. Play on. And that's when the people think, no, I have got so much on my plate. Can you come and help? And that's when we get into this unhelpful pattern of, Why aren't they helping? They should know. They should know I am working so hard. Couldn't they just come out and help out? So thinking about are you in a pattern of pretending and is that subtly draining your battery? The fourth pattern that I have noticed in myself and hundreds of big-hearted teachers that I've worked with are producing. Are you in a pattern of constantly feeling like you have to be productive? Are you constantly racing from one thing to the next, producing more and more and more? Your to-do list is never done. You feel like more is coming onto your list than you're getting off. You have this feeling that if I just work a little bit harder, I'll get on top of it. If I just finish this off, I'll be set. I'll be organized. And it is a mirage. When we work in education, when we work with other humans, it is never finished. And if we have this idea that we're only worthwhile, we're only worthy when we're producing, that is absolutely exhausting. That is going to drain our battery subtly every moment of the day because we're always on. And when we're always on, it's really hard to give ourselves permission to stop, to breathe, to notice because we're too busy being busy. And one of the challenges about this producing, being productive, being busy is there's not a link between being busy and being productive. So we really need to think about are we busy being busy and yet not very productive, which is a real paradox in itself, because when we're in this producing mindset, we may not actually be producing quality because we're just so busy. And we may also get into that cycle of procrastination. So if you can hear yourself in this, you're not alone. It is a very predictable pattern of behavior that subtly depletes our battery. And the fifth and final pattern of behavior that can subtly Drain our battery is performing. Are you in a habit of constantly performing? You are performing in the classroom. You're performing in a staff room. You're performing in the meetings. You're performing at home. You're performing in your activity. You're performing everywhere that you go. Your life feels like it's performance, like you're performing for an invisible audience to clap and ooh and ah. Yes, there is a place for performing. There is a place to be your best self and be there and bells and whistles and do all the performing and there is a place to just be, to be a human being, not always about the human doing. We focus so much on the performing, on the CV, that sometimes we forget what we're actually doing and why we're doing it. When we're in this state of constantly performing and it's subtly draining our battery, there's a real disconnect because we start to look at other people for our worth, for our power, and that is a common theme through all of these five habits that drain our battery. Perfecting, pleasing, pretending, producing, performing. They are all ways that we give our power to an external source. We're looking to other people to make ourselves feel better about ourselves. And the beautiful and sometimes brutal part of well-being is stepping into your own power, to taking a little bit of that power back, to thinking about you are worthy, you are capable. Regardless of what other people think, you don't need to be everything to everybody. That is absolutely impossible. Even thinking about that makes me feel completely exhausted. There are some key people in your life that, yes, you want to show up for and, yes, you want to help. And you also need time, space to think and think about your health. Think about your well-being. Charge your battery because so many of the big-hearted people that I work with, they know that analogy or put the oxygen mask on before you help others. They know it. They've heard it. They've seen it. And yet it is so hard. It is so hard to create time and space for themselves. So the predictable pattern is once you start thinking about your battery, once you've started noticing about the subtle patterns that you have in your life that are draining your battery, you think, right, I'm going to make a change. I'm going to start taking care of myself. I'm going to charge my battery and I'm going to put a few boundaries in. And that is great. You're on the journey. You're up and racing. However, the next step And the inevitable part of the process is we're going to feel guilty, feeling guilty for doing things for ourselves, feeling guilty for taking up time and space because we're so used to doing things for other people. And my invitation to you is as you learn to charge your battery, as you learn to just creep into your own power, that it is going to feel uncomfortable you are going to feel guilty. You're going to feel like you're doing it wrong and it is uncomfortable. And I invite you and cheer you on to do it anyway, to take action on your own behalf, to really move through the discomfort and take care of yourself. And that takes me to this next idea, this idea of the balcony and the dance floor. The balcony and the dance floor is an incredible framework that Ronald Highfitz brought into the world years ago and this research has really stuck with me over the journey to really think about the dance floor of life and the balcony. So the dance floor, the dance floor is the day-to-day life. It's the busy, when we're in the busy of life. So think about it. You're on a dance floor. Back in the days, we could go to dance floors and dance. You're having a wonderful time. You're thinking, oh, I need to go to the toilet. So you think, oh, and then, oh, no, someone comes across and then someone else comes across. And they think, oh, I've really got to talk to them. Oh, I'm hungry. I need to get something to eat. Oh, I don't have time for something to eat. Oh, that's right. I need to go to the toilet. Oh, I just need to see you. Just for a moment, can I see you? Does that sound and feel familiar? This idea of constantly rushing around. One of my clients said, Meg, my day at school is like living in a washing machine. I just go from one thing to the next. It is just constant and full on. And yes, that is a reality for a lot of us. And yet there are tiny things that we can do by design to make sure we have a little bit of a break. A little bit of a pause and these are what we call balcony moments where we get off the dance floor and walk up the balcony and look down look down on what we are doing why we are doing things is it helpful is it harmful What is the cost of this dance? Do we need to learn some new dance moves? Are we overplaying some of those dance moves? So this is this idea of the dance floor and the balcony. And the way that I teach it is action and reflection. It is really important that we are in action. We need to be in action to move forward. And it's really important to create space for reflection, to stop, to think, to celebrate what is working well, the changes that we have made. And so think about this equation. How much time do you spend in action? And how much time do you spend in reflection? Because when we get a little bit of a balance, we get some really helpful growth. We are doing things differently. We're tweaking the course and we're making sure that we're on track. However, if we're constantly in action, This is when we can get into that mode of busy being busy, but we're actually starting to spin our wheels because we're so busy. And when we're busy, we have the blinkers on and we forget about all the nuances. And yet, if we're constantly in reflection, constantly reviewing, constantly bringing things together, constantly looking at things just one more time, thinking about it, thinking about it, asking somebody else what they think, We don't make any action and that is not helpful either. So it's about this equation of action, reflection, growth. And so in order to recharge your battery, we need to start thinking about blocking in some time for reflection. Now, most busy, big-hearted teachers say, oh, I don't have time for that. That just, whoa, no way. I do not have time to get up on the balcony. I've got way too much to do. And I challenge that because I believe that when we create time to stop, to think, to clarify, we are much better able to get the task done that we need to get done. Because when we're busy being busy and we get into overwhelm and procrastination starts to sink in, It is really hard to get anything actually done. We're just spinning the wheels. So when we take time to stop, to reflect and prioritise, we're more likely to be able to move forward with with more focus. So the image that I like to share is if we're constantly racing from one thing to the next, we're not only draining our battery, we're making it hard to be in connection and we're making it hard to think clearly. Things start to not make sense and indecision starts to sneak in. So it's like trying to read a book without any punctuation. Imagine how hard it is to read a book without any punctuation. (laughs) And I know some English teachers are laughing along thinking, well, I do that a little bit myself. (laughs) So thinking about this notion of punctuation and reflection invites punctuation into our day to notice what is going well to notice the choices that we're making and to notice are they helpful or are they harmful to notice the patterns catch yourself oh I'm in that perfecting pattern okay what can I do to move towards more good enough to more a progress pattern so catching ourselves that's so important and that provides the punctuation So, team, after listening to this conversation, let's summarize. Number one, change is not going to happen unless we change something. And it starts with the battery. Back to basics. You cannot shortcut this piece. It does not matter how much money you earn, how old you are, where you live, the battery is universal. We all have a human need for sleep movement, nourishment, rest, and connection. You cannot shortcut that. So think about how can you charge your battery? If you're like me and you love a tick sheet, go to openmindeducation.com and you will see the energy guide. In the energy guide, there is a tick sheet, a weekly tick sheet. So I encourage you to literally tick off Monday to Sunday your battery and notice how you're feeling. So that takes us to the second part, is notice those five P's that are subtly draining your energy. So that's the perfecting, pleasing, pretending, producing and performing. And the third part and the most important part is to stop, to reflect and get off the dance floor. When we give ourselves permission to stop, and step off the dance floor, we're opening up our eyes. We can see things from a wider perspective. And we may notice that there are some dance moves that we want to try and maybe some dance moves that have run their course. They've been handy at one point, but they're not helpful moving forward. So taking that time to step back is so important. Team, at the end of the day, if it's to be, it's up to me. I hope you have enjoyed this solo episode and it has given you new language to articulate what you notice in yourself and others. Before you go, I would like to invite you to stop and take a moment to think about the two following questions. Number one, from this conversation, what is one thing you want to remember? What is your pearl? And number two, what is one action you can take in the next 24 hours to improve your well-being? To continue this conversation with me, there's two options. Number one is a one-on-one coaching session. This is a 60-minute circuit breaker session to stop and consider how you can move forward. Or you can join the Wellbeing Masterclass that I'll be doing Thursday, the 25th of November from 7 till 8.30 live on Zoom. And we are going to be exploring how to break the cycle of busy how to move beyond busy and have a little bit more headspace so we can make better decisions. I would love to hear from you and how the podcast is impacting your life. Connect with me via Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn. To support the show, please rate and review on iTunes and share with your family, friends and colleagues by sharing with just one person that has a significant ripple effect. All the links from this conversation will be in the show notes. Thank you for listening to an episode of the School of Wellbeing. This episode was proudly brought to you by Open Mind Education. Open Mind Education is committed to sharing well-being education that makes sense. To learn more, visit the website openmindeducation.com. There you can sign up for the free five-step energy guide to help boost your energy so you can better navigate the ups and downs of life. Thank you for listening and I look forward to sharing more lessons in the School of Wellbeing next week.